Welcome to the Gospel of Grace radio broadcast, a primitive Baptist ministry declaring the good news of the finished work of salvation by grace alone. This program is brought to you weekly by Elder Joe Nettles, pastor of Sulphur Springs Primitive Baptist Church in Caledonia, Mississippi, and Elder David Wise, pastor of Macedonia Primitive Baptist Church in Ackerman, Mississippi. Stay tuned for today's message. Good morning, and we'd like to heartily welcome you to the Gospel of Grace radio broadcast. This is Elder David Wise from Macedonia Church here with you on the program this morning, and we have the privilege of sharing time on the program with Elder Joe Nettles and Sulphur Springs Primitive Baptist Church in Caledonia, and we're thankful for our radio partners and the opportunity to be able to broadcast on the radio stations as well as on uh, the internet and podcast platforms, and we're very thankful for you for listening. If you would like we would certainly be encouraged if you'd contact us. You can go to our website, gospel-of-grace.com, and you can email us, gospelofgracepb at gmail.com. We'd love to know that you're out there and know through what platform you listen, and we'd love to correspond with you, answer any questions, or if we could help you in any way. If you happen to be in North Mississippi, particularly in the Golden Triangle area, we'd invite you to come see us at Macedonia Church in Ackerman, Mississippi, and Sulphur Springs Church in Caledonia, Mississippi. We both meet for worship every Sunday morning at 10.30 a.m. And then also we have a Wednesday night service in Starkville, Mississippi at the New Covenant Church building at 200 West Garrett Road at 6 p.m. every Wednesday night. So we would love to meet you. We'd love to correspond with you. And more than that, we would love for you to come out and worship with us. So uh, we hope that you might be able to do that. We've been making our way during my current messages on the radio program, making our way through the will of God. And we'd like to continue that this morning. And we hope these messages have been encouraging for you. And we can have greater understanding and discernment to follow God's will in our life. So we hope you'll stay tuned with us. And we will bring that message for you right after the song.
Good morning again, and thankful that you've tuned in and also stayed with us here on the Gospel of Grace. We've been trying to consider together from the Scriptures the will of God, and we've really been trying to focus on the providential will of God and the way in which God guides each of us in our unique and individual pathways that are honoring unto the Lord. And what our focus is and what we'd like to consider together this morning is God as the perfect potter. God as the perfect potter. There's quite a few places in Scripture where God describes himself as the potter and we as God's people as the clay. Isaiah chapter 64 and in verse 8. But now, O Lord, thou art our father. We are the clay and thou our potter and we all are the work of thine hand. Also, Jeremiah chapter 18, he tells Jeremiah there, go down to the potter's house. Go and and examine the work of the potter in crafting these vessels of pottery and the wisdom and the sovereignty of this potter in molding and shaping the clay. And then he concludes that there, In Jeremiah chapter 18 and verse 6, Behold, as the clay is in the potter's hand, so are ye in mine hand, O house of Israel. So we are clay in the hands of God. And then also there in Romans chapter 9, after the discussion on election and God's sovereignty and choosing a people unconditionally, God's sovereignty and unconditional election, the Lord says, Does the thing that's formed have the right to reject the power of the thing that formed it? In other words, does the clay have right to talk back to the potter? Does the clay have the ability to reject the will of the potter, to shape it and craft it as is in accordance with the potter's purpose and design and will? No, of course not. That's foolish to think that the clay could talk back to the potter. I know that may be portrayed in a Disney movie or something, but that's not real life. Inanimate objects don't talk back to humans, right? The clay does not talk back to the potter. No, clearly the potter has control, has sovereignty to mold and to shape and to craft the clay in a way that is in accordance with his will. And God is described here as being our potter. And I think just like Jeremiah, there's a lot to be learned by going down to the potter's house. That's what he was told. Go down to the potter's house. Go and see the craftsmanship and the design and the wisdom that's displayed by this potter in molding the clay. And there's a lot of lessons to be learned about that. So let's go down to the potter's house. Let's examine God as the perfect potter. We're described in the New Testament, 2 Corinthians chapter 4 and verse 7 in particular. God describes us as earthen vessels, earthen vessels. And in many ways, we're broken vessels. We are pieces of pottery that have been, have been broken that the Lord has to mend back together. We're earthen vessels. And our desire should be that we are vessels more meet for the master's use. 2 Timothy chapter 2 and in verse 21 uses that language that we would be vessels meet or suitable, acceptable. We would be vessels acceptable for the master's use. And that's our desire, right? What does the potter do? The potter makes vessels that can be then used in the house of the master, you see? And that's what God does. But what is important to understand is that God in his wisdom, God in his sovereignty, God in his perfection, in his good, acceptable, and perfect will, 
but we'll use the language today, his perfect potter's will, the will of the potter. God is shaping all of his children through his wisdom on the potter's will, molding these earthen earthen vessels, molding these pieces of clay into unique vessels that are unique and individual to be used in the service of God, in the house of God, in the master's house, meet for the master's use, to be used in specific ways. And going back to some thoughts that we've presented for you earlier in this series on the will of God, it's vitally important. It's vitally important that you do not get caught in the trap of the comparison game. We're told in the Corinthian letter that they measuring themselves by themselves are not wise. You don't judge yourself based on someone else. You judge yourself by your obedience to the fullness of God's will in your life because you can squander the best case scenario, right? God's will is for you to live the most abundant life. But you know what? You can squander that most abundant life. And we don't want to do that. We want to be vessels that are fully meet for the master's use, okay? But it's vitally important if we think about God as the perfect potter that every single vessel is unique and every single vessel has its own purpose. Okay, think about a potter and he chooses, he, he takes the same piece of clay. If you look at a piece of clay, at five different piece of, pieces of clay, so to say, they are exactly the same when the potter starts to mold them. But based on the wisdom and the will and the purpose of the potter, he may make one piece of clay into a vase. He may make one piece of clay into a cup. He may make one piece of clay into a plate. He may make one piece of clay into some other type of instrument. But the vase shouldn't look at the plate and envy that he's not a plate, right? And the plate shouldn't look at the vase and say, I can't believe that the potter didn't make me into a vase. No, each of them has its unique, specific purpose. But also think about it. The way in which the potter makes the vase is considerably different than the way that he shapes and molds the plate or the cup, you see? And that's what God does as the perfect potter. God is constantly molding and crafting and guiding and shaping his children into the unique individual vessel to be used in the service of God. And we can't compare our vessel to somebody else's vessel, right? No, because God is going to make each vessel unique and individual to be used in service of the whole. Now, think about the way in which a potter changes the shape of the clay. A potter changes the shape through resistance, through resistance. If you think about the potter's wheel and you have the revolution of the clay on the potter's wheel, you know, he just slowly shapes it. If you've ever seen those videos of a potter molding the clay, he's slowly shaping it. You know, what he doesn't do is he doesn't take a hammer and smack it, right? But no, he's slowly molding it. But don't miss the point though. How is the clay changing form? The clay changes by resistance. The potter uses resistance, either from his own hand or from a certain tool or object that he uses. How is the individual vessel made unique from other vessels? Through resistance, through the hand of the potter, through a tool of the potter. Through resistance, through friction, each vessel is made unique. 
And that's what God, as our perfect potter, uses in our life. He uses resistance. He uses trials. He uses friction and pressure. He uses that according to his own will and purpose to guide you and mold you into the uniquely individual person that he, that he intends for you to be in service to him. Think about so many people that we could mention in Scripture, but let's just think about Peter and Moses, for example. God knows all of us individually. The shepherd knows the problems with the sheep. He knows the propensities of the sheep. And this sheep has more problems over here, so I got to keep more eye, a closer eye on it. Just as the father. The father examines the lives of his children. And, and you know, some children can handle more responsibility. And they've earned that. They've earned that trust. And you can give them more responsibility. But the father can also look at another child and see they're extremely immature. And I cannot give them the same level of responsibility that I gave their sibling at that exact same age because they are different. And through the wisdom of the parent, through the wisdom of the father, I have to tailor their upbringing differently because they are different. So think about Peter. Think about Peter. The Lord ended up using him in such a powerful way in the establishment of the early church. But you know what? Peter was very prideful. He was very hasty. He was quick-tempered. He was impulsive. He shot off at the mouth all the time. He, sh- he just kind of shot from the hip all the time. And then maybe even the culmination of that is him having some degree of zeal, but it was not channeled zeal. It was not controlled zeal, and he takes his sword when they're trying to arrest Jesus, and he whacks off the ear of the high priest's servant. I mean, you can't be doing that, right? You can't be cutting off people's ears as a minister of the gospel. So we see all these problems with Peter, and we see that he's hasty, he's impulsive, he's quick-tempered, but he's got a, he's got a lot of zeal, but it's not channeled zeal. But you know what? The Lord suffered a circumstance to come in his life where Peter learned some important humility. He'd always been very hasty with his mouth, but you know what? Peter denied the Lord three times with his mouth, and after that, he was much more thoughtful. He was much more purposeful in the way in which he used his tongue. Now, look at Peter before that moment, and look at Peter after that moment. Peter was impulsive, hasty, quick-tempered, zealous, but no control. But that was an important molding and shaping of him that made him the man that he ended up being that the Lord used in such a powerful way, okay? The Lord used Peter to preach the sermon primarily to be the main speaker on the day of Pentecost, in Acts chapter two. And then he was the one that the Lord, even though he was primarily the apostle to the Jews, He was the one who initiated the door of the gospel to the Gentiles by going and preaching to Cornelius. So two of the most pivotal moments in the entire New Testament, the Lord used Peter to do that. And no doubt he wrote two epistles. He was a cornerstone in the church of the Lord, but he had to learn lessons that improved his natural problems and limitations. So God, through those revolutions of the potter's wheel, is using these circumstances in his life to teach Peter the necessary lessons so he's ready for what God is calling him to do in the future, okay? 
just because you're not where you want to be right now, do not be discouraged that God is not going to use you in the future because most likely God is molding you and crafting you right now to prepare you for something in the future. Okay? Moses. Moses. He had been prophesied that he was going to be the deliverer. And he ended up doing that, but it wasn't until age 80. The first 40 years of his life was were spent in Egyptian palaces. But then when he finally realized his lineage, he goes out and there are some Israelites that are quarreling with an Egyptian and he kills the Egyptian. Now, he's impulsive, he's emotional, he's violent. Now, what do you think would have happened if God would have called Moses to lead the Israelites out of Egypt at age 40 when he gets upset and he kills an Egyptian, <laughs> right? God was going to use him in the future, but he was not ready at that moment to lead that people out of bondage. You want to know what it took to humble him, for him to learn the kind of temperament and the kind of patience and the kind of long-suffering that it would take to lead these stiff-necked, many times rebellious Israelites out of bondage? You want to know what it took? Him shepherding sheep in Midian for 40 years. 40 years. He wasn't ready to lead the people out of bondage at age 40. Maybe he thought he was, and maybe that's part of his quick, impulsive decision to kill that Egyptian. But he wasn't ready. It took 40 years of God molding him in the potter's wheel in the wilderness of Midian, shepherding sheep. And he's, he's constantly molding him and during that time on the potter's wheel. And then when he comes back, he is described as being the meekest man on the face of the earth. Now, do you think that Moses was very meek when he left Egypt at age 40? Sure didn't seem like to me he was. But he came back after going through the Lord's seminary, so to say. <laughs> after going through the Lord's potter's wheel, he came back the meekest man on the face of the earth, Scripture says. But don't miss the point that Peter was not ready for what God was going to eventually call him to do until God brought that resistance. He brought that pressure in his life to mold him into the vessel that he was going to use in the future. Same way with Moses. He wasn't ready at age 40, but God was crafting him on the potter's wheel for 40 years in the wilderness on the backside of the desert, shepherding those sheep. He's molding him for 40 years for what God ultimately was going to use him to do. So do not be discouraged, child of God, that just because you don't perceive that you are where you either want to be or where you think you will be. Listen, God is most likely crafting you right now for a future use in his kingdom. There are experiences and lessons and humility that you're learning in the midst of this possibly a period of resistance, a, a period where you're being severely tested and maybe humbled and your own will is being broken and your own strength is being broken. That was an important lesson that the Apostle Paul needed to learn. Lest I should be exalted above measure through the abundance of revelation, the Lord suffered the thorn in the flesh to remain. And the Lord suffered that thorn in the flesh to remain so that he would learn the lesson that he would not be prideful, he would not be exalted above measure, but also that he would learn the lesson 
that God's strength, Christ's power is manifested the most fully in my weakness. It's not in my power. It's in, it's in my weakness that God can shine through me the most. And that's why God works through broken vessels. Of course, that's the only option he has, right? <laughs> We're all broken vessels. But Peter, Moses, Paul, Gideon, Abraham, David, you just look at all the people that God used in his kingdom all throughout the scriptures they are broken vessels. They made mistakes. They all, if you looked at them in a visual, if God put a visual on their vessel, you're going to see cracks all up in there. Why? Because of mistakes. They're all broken vessels. They're earthen vessels. But you want to know what God uses? He uses broken vessels. He uses broken vessels like Peter and Moses and Paul and Gideon and David. And he uses broken vessels like me and you. Okay? God's the perfect potter. And keep in mind that what God is molding you in today, he is preparing you for a future calling in the kingdom, okay? He's preparing you for the future. And don't be discouraged because you're not where you think you ought to be. And please do not fall into the trap and the temptation of Satan to start comparing your vessel to other people's vessels. Don't fall into the trap of comparing yourself to other people. You serve God according to the measure that you've been given. I'll tell you, I've tried to take so much comfort in that in my ministry. You know, it's not my job to serve in other areas. It's not my job to be anybody else. I want to serve according to the measure that I've been given. I want to do the very best with the measure I've been given. And you know what? I don't boast of things beyond my measure. I don't meddle in other people's business. I don't try to extend my level of influence beyond the measure that I have been given, okay? And don't compare yourself to other people. Don't fall into that trap because we are all unique. And we see that from the wisdom of the way in which the potter takes the same lump of clay and he makes unique, special vessels that are all vitally important in the master's house, right? And God, he uses your circumstances, but it also it's just amazing to think about the fact of the way that God just uses our DNA, right? He used our DNA to give us characteristics and personalities, and he allows circumstances to come in your life to mold you and to craft you, and you're, you're given different spiritual gifts, and every spiritual gift is vitally important in the kingdom of God. One spiritual gift is not more important than the other. They're just unique. It's just like how in the master's house, there are specific vessels for specific purposes, and the cup is not more important than the vase, and the plate is not more important than the fork, right? No, they're just unique. They're different. And you know what? It takes all of that to have a meal, doesn't it? It takes a cup. It takes a fork. It takes a spoon. It takes a knife. It takes a plate. It takes all of that to have a meal. Now, what are you going to do if you have a fork? but you don't have a plate to put it on, right? What are you going to do if you're eating, but you don't have a cup to put your drink in? All of that is vitally important in the master's house, just like he also compares it to a body, just, how, just like how every single part of your body is vitally important. Every single vessel in the master's house is unique and individually and perfectly crafted of the Lord, and every vessel is vitally important. So we need to not resist the guidance, the wisdom, the design, the shaping of God, okay? We need to submit to that. Submit to his will. Submit to the potter's will. Submit to his design, his shape, his purpose in crafting our vessel. And again, just because you're not where you think you ought to be, 
as we've mentioned in other messages in this series, a man's heart devises his way, but the Lord directs his steps. <laughs> Maybe you think you ought to be a cup, but you know what? The Lord may make you into a spoon, right? Maybe what I desire is not what the Lord intends for me, but also do not compare yourself to someone else. You are a uniquely crafted vessel. And also, to use language from the book of Esther, you are not just a uniquely crafted vessel, but you are a uniquely crafted vessel that was brought into the kingdom for such a time as this, okay? The time is now for you. It's not, I should have been born later. I should have been born earlier. The time is now. You have been brought to the kingdom for such a time as this. Let us use our vessels in a way that's glorifying to the master. We will be vessels more meet for the master's use and submit to the wisdom, the purpose, the design, and the shaping of the perfect potter who, through resistance, through his own hand, through the various potter's tools that he uses, the people. I tell you, I've been, I've been shaped and crafted by people that God has brought in my life. God uses people in ways to shape and mold us into the vessel that he intends for us. So let's submit to the will of the potter, submit to his wisdom, his purpose, his authority, and his design, and let us use up the vessels of our bodies to serve him in the master's use acceptably and glorifying to our great God in heaven. I believe we'll have probably one more message on the will of God, a concluding message, a bit of a summary message, and we hope that you can tune in with us at a later date for that message. We hope this has been a blessing to you. If that's the case, we thank the Lord for it. May God bless you today. If you enjoy the messages you hear on the Gospel of Grace radio broadcast, we invite you to visit a Primitive Baptist church in your area. Visit our website at gospel-of-grace.com to search for a Primitive Baptist church near you, to listen to past messages online, and to find additional contact information. This program is also available on iTunes under podcasts with the title, The Gospel of Grace, a Primitive Baptist radio broadcast. If you enjoy our program, send us an email at gospelofgracepb at gmail.com. We would love to hear from you. This program is produced by Sulphur Springs Primitive Baptist Church, 40283 Wolf Road, Caldonia, Mississippi, and Macedonia Primitive Baptist Church, 11 Staten Road on Highway 15, just north of Ackerman, Mississippi. Come and worship with us each Sunday morning at 1030 and tune in next week for another message from the Gospel of Grace. Until next time, we pray that God shall supply all your need according to his riches in glory by Christ Jesus our Lord.